Accusation is the exposing of those things about you that are not as they should be, not as you want them to be. Regrets, remorse, a filthy conscience, or the outcome of you being sinned against. Not just the sins you've committed, not just things you've done or left undone, but things that were done to you. Condemnation, guilt, shame, remorse, regret, self-loathing, low self-worth, the feeling that you are worthy of death, or at least not worthy of love. And a lot of the strategies that people try to bring to deal with this are just like taking painkillers. They mask the symptoms, but they don't actually deal with the underlying cause. All of the natural human strategies that we use to deal with accusation are ineffective. What's needed is the cleansing of the soul. And humans, under the weight of sin, either get more rebellious or more religious. And religion, of course, is human-powered, human-invented, human standards with human energy. It's a way of avoiding God by trying to live up to God's standards so that you can avoid God's disapproval. But the Bible doesn't affirm any of these strategies, not rebellion, not religion, not coping, not, not high self-esteem, not look in the mirror and tell yourself you're amazing. The Bible affirms a totally different strategy. Instead of you fixing you, the Bible says, how about you let God love on you? How about you let God forgive you? How about you let God's son take the weight of the sins done that you did and the sins done to you and absorb them into himself and defang them and defeat them and take the power out of them, take the toxins out of them, take the poisons out of them. And how about you let him put his life in you? How about you let God just forgive you? How about you let God deal with this? How about you let Jesus be your answer, not you being your answer? 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, if anyone sins, We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Many of us don't quite recognize the glory of forgiveness of sins. In Luke chapter 5, there's a paralyzed man and Jesus forgives his sins. And this offends people. Who gave you authority to forgive sins? What right do you have to speak that way? Who do you think you are? And then Jesus essentially says, which is a bigger deal? To say your sins are forgiven or get up, paralyzed man, take your mat and walk home. And the guy gets up and takes his mat and walks home because Jesus tells him to. Jesus has an interesting point. His point is this. You might be more amazed if I do a miracle and this guy gets up off the ground. But the more amazing miracle and the more needed miracle is forgiveness. You can live a full, happy life from a wheelchair. But you cannot live a full, happy life condemned, accused, with all your sins sticking to you, with all the harm and the wrong in the world infecting you and all that's been done to you, sticking to you and naming you and defiling you. Come on. He goes to the house of a, a religious person, Simon. And while he's there, this woman comes in and washes his feet with her hair and her tears and a bottle of perfume that costs a year's salary. That's an expensive perfume. And Simon's offended. And Jesus says, let me ask you this, Simon. Two guys owed this man a debt and he forgave them both. One had a big debt, one had a small debt. Who loves him more? And Simon says, well, I suppose the one who had a bigger debt canceled. And Jesus says, that's exactly right. This woman, she had many sins and she knows she's forgiven and that's why she absolutely loves me. So a lot of us have not allowed what's true in heaven which is that Jesus has overcome and sat down at the right hand of the Father as the true priest and the slain lamb in the true temple in heaven. And the Father looks to his right and sees the lamb looking as though he's been slain. And so his very presence is interceding for us. Without a word, without saying prayers, Jesus' very presence in heaven 
is a prayer on your behalf and my behalf. Because just like David won a representative battle against Goliath and all the Israelites won when David won, Jesus won a battle against sin and death. And when he won, we won. And so the Father's looking at Jesus going, I'll forgive everyone who comes to me through him for his sake because he's the man in covenant with me and I'll be faithful in my covenant with him. You know, you go to Romans chapter 8 and it's like the, the high point. It's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This All the ministry of the devil has been broken off of our lives. All the ministry of guilt, shame, condemnation, regret, remorse, all that broken off. And then you have the apex, like at the end of, ch- of the chapter where it says, look, God's the judge. And if God's for us, who's going to be against us? Who's going to be able to bring a, a charge against those whom God has chosen? And look, here's Christ Jesus. He's, a, he's our advocate. He's at the right hand of the Father. And guess what? If the Father was willing to give us Jesus, everything else is nothing compared to Jesus. His heart toward us is so full. Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, the present, the future, the past, life, death, heaven, hell, nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is ours in Christ Jesus. Then the band goes, ah, and the drummer goes, and the electric guitar player is, oh, no, and he's breaking strings. And everybody screams, and the roof blows off the ceiling, and we all say, yes, God, yes. Because that's the gospel, man. And the practical daily reality is the evil one, the accuser of the brethren, so he's been cast down. Revelation 12, he's been cast down. He's no longer in heaven accusing you. You know where he is at accusing you right now? He's on earth. God the Father's never going to believe his accusations. But here's the problem. You and I can, and we can live way below what Jesus accomplished. We can draw away from God instead of draw near to God. We can believe the accusation instead of repent of the sin and bring it under the blood and be free. This is our whole ministry. Jesus is overcome, and now we're here applying the victory to people who are already, already bought and paid for, so to speak. And in our own life, we got to preach the gospel to ourselves so we can receive God's love, so that we can receive the glory of forgiveness. I've said enough, but that's a good word.